Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. It's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. We got a great lineup for you today. We're going to start off by talking about well, first of all, Jude Morrow hopefully will be joining us here today. Um, the The book that Jude has written is, for me personally, and I think Benny remembers this, there's a lot about our individual journeys and the people that we love and the people we get close to, whether they're parents, their children, maybe they are our significant others. But there's very little that we know about certain aspects of our humanity. And one of the things I think that many of us who have ever been in the realm of discussion about autism, and I say in the realm of the discussion, because for me, my conversation and what I've learned about autism in since doing a Dr. Pat show has been enormous. As a matter of fact, and I think Benny will remember this, <clears throat> and we may bring up some of those shows, is we started to do a series back, I think it was around 05, to educate, to bring the new level of autism awareness to the forefront. And why was this? In the series that we did, when we first started the series out, I would do a statistical check every time we did a show with our guest, our host, our sponsor. It didn't matter who it was. Um, And so when I started the series, there were statistics out that were kind of like, let me just let me just make up a number because I don't remember exactly. But at one point, this is true. It was one in a thousand, something like that. One in a thousand. Uh, children. And then as I did this series, and I interviewed a bunch of people, and I interviewed people that had their own nonprofits about autism, as time went on, right, I moved through um, the numbers, and I watched the numbers changed. And what I mean by that is, I watched every time I did a show, I we would look it up, and I must say, since it sounds like Penny 2005 is like a dark ages, right? But I mean, where we were there it, with the amount of in, information and the amount of compilation we have on autism, then the numbers would just change. And, you know, I went back and I looked at this and, you know, and what I what I remembered was the rate of change. <clears throat> and so when I thought about this, and when you look this up, for example, on the, uh, if you go to the internet, look it up. And, and let me just be mindful of everybody there. 
when you look up information on autism, please look at where you're getting that information from. You know, you can get information from the CDC, or you can get information from a number of organizations who specialize in autism awareness, right? You can get it from Autism New Jersey. Yes, there's a there's out there. Okay. So when I started this, the numbers were by far astonishing, to say the least, but believable. And if you guys remember this, 2005, I mean, we were like in 2003 doing digital radio, like, like way ahead of the curve. And, you know, and when, when people talk about that, it's really fascinating to me because I was doing both digital plus AM, FM radio right here with Benny. And we did these shows and we would watch the numbers, right? And so as we were doing this, it was shocking. And let me give you an example just from one perspective, because the, the person, we're going to, Jude, see the book, everybody? It's called Loving Your Place on the Spectrum. Now, I want to say that for a number of us, you get educated about something like this because you've either had an incident or a diagnosis or somebody you love, and in my case, all of the above, and you just don't understand. Now, I will say this. I want to thank every organization out there, every book that has been written. I just, I want to thank you all for taking a journey, for really battling out. Because it's been a battle. To really wrap our minds around this. So one of the diagrams that I have, and I'll have to get this over to Jamie for Facebook, but but I just took a look at, they're calling it, for lack, I guess of a better word, autism prevalence. So here, autism prevalence has, this is the CDC, I just need to, I need to just come out and say, this is the TACA who reported on the CDC prevalence. I just want to say for those of you that are Scanning, face watching, data watching. This is a chart presented autism statistics by the autism community in action, TACA. And this is just one chart. And it talks about autism prevalence has increased 178% since 2000. 178% since 2000. What they don't talk about is autism prevalence increase before that. Now, why is that? I'll tell you what. One, they don't have exact numbers. They don't have the kind of, two, we've learned a lot about the spectrum. Yes. (laughs) Loving your place on the spectrum. I can't wait. I hope Jude joins us here. But here's what I want to say to all y'all. So when I really had to look at this for myself, um, In 1970, and I'm just going to throw out the numbers from the chart for a minute, just because I I just, well, first of all, I love numbers, and there's a very good reason that I love numbers, and we'll probably get into that today in the show. Um, 
uh, and, and there's probably a good reason why I blinked a lot, but one in 10,000, one in 10,000, that was a report in 1970. Then somehow we go from 70 to 95. Yes, it's like a lot of years. I got to do the math, Penny. That's 25, right? 70 to 95, that's 25. Okay. I only go to one in a thousand in 1995. Okay. So 1995, 1996 is when through some strange, no, 1995 is when through some strange situation in school, when I went back to school, did I discover a few things about myself. But that was one in 1,000 cases. Now, why is this report going to look at 2,000 and up? Because when we started to do the show, I'm going to tell you the numbers we started to report. Because when I started to do this, and I know Benny was part of this, I can't remember the exact year. And you're going to go to different places and you're going to see different charts, but they're all going to give you the same impact. And so, for example, you know, there's a CDC report you can look at. Um, there's, um, there's another clinical report you can look at. But there's a number today that's on everybody's chart. There's a great infographic. And I'm going to try to download this for Jamie. Um, great infographic. And the infographic that comes out, and it came out in uh, 2020. Jamie, I'm going to just try to put the link up here for you. Um, but the infographic that came out, in 2020. And I pay attention to this because I really want to educate myself. I don't like to throw words around. You know, recently I've shared my own experience with how doctors talk to you. Um, and we all have to take a moment to maybe, maybe Jamie can find the clip from Saturday Night Live where Elon Musk stood up. I can't remember his exact words. Maybe Benny or Jamie can find it. But announced to the world, he's on the spectrum. Now, the difference between 1995 and today, when you hear that, or you write a book called Loving Your Place on the Spectrum by Jude Morrow, well, then you have, you have a sense of what it means, but you don't really. And so when I look at these charts, you know, I just want to be clear why we're talking about this today. If for no other reason, for all you listening, I'm hoping we get to a place of understanding. I hope we get to a place of compassion. I hope we get to a place of empathy. But more importantly, I hope we get to a place of solution. Because here's the deal. If you look at when I did this series, and gosh, I wish I could remember, Benny, I'll have to look it up uh, on TTR. It was either between 2004 and 2006, but I remember this number. That's why I know it's very close to this. Could have even been earlier. I remember interviewing people and saying, in one year, okay, everybody follow me. In one year, like 99, 2000, from 2000, right? 2001, in one year, the autism prevalence, what they call that number, went from one in 500 
to one in 150. And I remember doing the show and doing the entire series. And here's what I remember about it. Every time we did one of these over the course of about four years, I would say, I'm just trying to baseline this over the course of about four years. And then even later on, I would come on and I would speak with uh, people and I would say, my gosh, here we are in 2004. It's now one in 125. And then I would come on again, like maybe a year later, and we'd look at the numbers and it'd be like one in 110. And then we'd come on in 2008 or nine, and we'd say, let's talk, talk, let's take a look at autism. What have we learned? And it was more than a numbers conversation. What we would do is we'd talk about what it is. We'd talk about our understanding. It was much more deep. It was deeper than that in the conversation of the show. Many of you know me. So you know I don't just do a show on numbers. But then it went at one year to one in 88. Okay, so now we've broken under the 100 mark. So now my statistical brain goes on. Now we're one in 88. So let's just fast forward to a couple more years. At some point, it gets to, and I think it's 2010, if you look at the charts, about 2010. Then it gets to one in 68. So think about this. You know, 68 people. Do, do you know 68 people? So one. One in the 68 people, you know, has been diagnosed with some form of autism on the spectrum. One in 68, just saying. Now, fast forward to where we are today. And I do believe that where we are today is not correct because where we are today is only 2016. They have not updated this as far as I can tell. Um, beyond that. But they have done extrapolations. So when we come back, I want to talk about autism rate in the United States that an uh, extrapolation and an explanation, and there's a diagram, and I can do a reference on it. But I want to talk about what the extrapolation is. So before the break, what did I say? Before the break, where am I? Right now, I'm going to be putting us at about 2014, one now, not in 88, 59. Do you know 59 people? One in 59. When we come back, why is this an important conversation to have? What don't we know about it? Do we think it's genetic? Have we learned that it's not? Is there a better diagnosis? And what do we mean when we say the spectrum? What does that even mean? How smart have we gotten? And what have we done about it? Let's take a short break. Are you feeling the complexity of life? Do you feel that urge to step into something greater? Tune in to Nailed It Radio. Find your simplicity within your complexity with me, life coach, Carrie Nail. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com to discover what it means to use your full power to be the best version of yourself. Imagine stepping into the energy of saying yes to yourself and knowing you nailed it. For more information about me, visit CarrieNail.com. 
Imagine starting your week off with a teaching, a clearing, and an activation direct from the God consciousness. If you would like to feel more in charge of your week ahead, then I personally invite you to join me, Tracy L. Clark, for our monthly Soul Sunday non-denominational service at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, online or in person. All donations for this event go to the TLC Initiative Fund to help those in need. Sign up now at tracylclark.com and let's connect together in the glory realm. Welcome to Soul Activation Podcast, a world-class broadcast of insight and inspiration with the renowned healer and coach, Suzanne Alexandria. In this series, she dives deep into the magical sea of you, to the place in you that's ready to activate. Tune in live every second and fourth Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. We figured by the time we turned 50, we kind of had life figured out, but we were not prepared for the realities of midlife. Tune into And That's When I Realized, The Truth and Comedy of Midlife, with me, Susan Dolce. And me, Leon Dyer, every second and fourth Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You're not alone in these challenges, and sometimes you just gotta laugh. Find us at SusanDolce.com and LeonDyer.com. Tune in to the show Heart Change Consciousness with me, Dr. Trish DeRocher, as stories of inspired activism come to life. Listening to conversations with your favorite authors, change makers, and many more who practice inspired spiritual activism and transform vulnerabilities into sources of strength. Let's be inspired together through my show, Heart Change Consciousness, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. Hey, everybody. Love it. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. For more information about the Dr. Pat Show, go to the drpatshow.com. For more information about Transformation Talk Radio, just hop over there to transformationtalkradio.com. And certainly we are on Facebook at Transformation Talk Radio. Thank you all for all of that. Um, I just want to say to everybody, um, we're, we're going to do our best to get Jude back. Um, Jude is the author of this book, Loving Your Place on the Spectrum. You know, he was scheduled for today, but, you know, like all good things, some things happen, but I'm still going to talk about his body of work. And I think I want to start, and this is from Jude's perspective. So I just want to be very clear to all the fact checkers and people that are listening. Um, So I love what Jude does in the book under the chapter where he says or asks what is autism that has been the question that comes up in every conversation in every family in anyone that has either had to look at this because there's a friend a family member or yourself right? If it's you, 
and this is an area that you wanted to get educated on, certainly this is something that's important to you. Now, I have to tell you, over the years, I've done many shows on various aspects of this. And, and let me just give you an idea. You know, we went through and did a series of shows on CBD, right? CBD oil, CBD cream, way before CBD or marijuana was legalized, cannabis was legalized in the United States. But we did a series of shows and we talked about some of the research that was done abroad. And we talked about not just the calming effect, but some of the groundbreaking research that was done in Europe, in Australia, in Germany, I mean, just across the board. And we talked about it back then because we were so hungry. We were hungry for solutions. And, you know, fast forward to where we are today, and Jude is still helping us answer the question, what is autism? And I just want to go here for a minute if I could. So what Jude says is he says, this is the million-dollar question. Boy, it is. What is autism? With today's remarkable world of technology, all one must do is Google that question. And you will have access to more information than you can imagine or absorb. And a good deal of it is outdated. This is so true. Remember, I was just reading from you outdated and incomplete right and a good deal of it is outdated incomplete and completely wrong no i'm picking up a book that was just written and i'm just i mean put yourself if you can just take this journey with me if you could put yourself in the place where you're trying to find out and you're trying to get answers so here we go and then he talks about eugene bluler and Bluler was a Swiss psychiatrist. And this is the dude, with all respect, that brought the word autism into the mainstream in 1910, right? 1910. So in 1910, we're starting to have conversations around autism. And so Jared goes on to explain this because I love this. I love understanding where we get some of the language from that we get and what it comes to mean and what it is and what it isn't. And he goes on to say, yeah, so this, it's, uh, autism comes from the Greek word of autos, which means self. And then Bluler goes on to say, used it to mean morbid self-admiration. By the way, just so you know who Blue Bluebler is, not Michael Blueblay, but I'm talking about like Bluebler, the psychiatrist dude. He's also responsible for coining the terms schizoid and schizophrenia. That's the dude. And he was so far ahead of his time in so many ways. He really was, you know, because what he was doing, he was struggling to really look at um, children and adults that were coming forward with mental health issues. I mean, struggling with it. You know, and, and let me just make a statement because up until that point or up into points in time, and by the way, it took years later for women 
to not be stigmatized, stigmatized, institutionalized for a wide range of things. I mean, this went on for a long time. If a woman was diagnosed with a drinking problem, they just locked her butt up in an asylum. So he goes on to talk about, he tried to support this. But on the other hand, um, this man, and some people consider him brilliant, um, supported sterilization <laughs> for those who were diagnosed with schizophrenia. So just to take a moment and go back in time, as Jude is trying to do, help us understand the history of this. See, that was then, and this is now. And he goes on to really explain to us or attempt to explain to us the history of this. And, he, and, and I, what I love about it is you will get an idea of how the language progressed from 1910 to 1938 when Hans, wait for it, Hans Asperger of the Vienna University Hospital, right, came forward and came up with another label, Asperger syndrome. There we go with that. So you can see the history of this, where these psychologists and psychiatrists were trying to come forward to identify how to talk about this. And, you know, as the language goes on and as this goes on, um, Asperger's syndrome didn't become a separate diagnosis till until the 80s. So what, what, what I think we're, we're seeing is in many, 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 many cases of early psychology or early psychiatry is a lot of people with a lot of things were put into small buckets, you know, like let's say there were five buckets, like that's what you got put in. So where are we today? Where are we today when we look at research that was done, John Hopkins? I mean, and, and Jude does a great job. He takes us on this journey. And he explains to us in a lot of pages to help us understand autism. But he says, you know, the definition of autism comes straight from the Oxford English Dictionary, a developmental disorder of variable severity that is characterized by difficult, difficulty in social interaction and communication by restricted or repetitive patterns of thought and behavior. Let me try it again. A developmental disorder of variable severity that is characterized by difficulty in social interaction and communication and by restrictive or repetitive patterns of thought and behavior. Good luck trying to figure that out, but it's a start. And, the, and, and Jude goes on in his book, it's a fabulous book, um, and he goes on to say, I cannot approach the topics that follow in this book without highlighting one thing in particular. Autistic people do struggle in some areas. I'm not saying that autistic people do not need support. Often they do. But we, the autistic community, would greatly benefit from society being in a more positive space and better educated when it comes to autism. I can't, I couldn't agree more. And you see, all of these early 
characterizations by what we refer to as some brilliant minds in psychiatry, all of those early characterizations, they stigmatize. And so what Jude goes on to say, um, which is we're going to talk about when we come back from break. I know from my social work background that in many countries, a diagnosis is needed to assess services. Yeah, like right here too. Support and even welfare, like here in the United States too. Why is all that necessary? Why? Why is all that necessary? Isn't that the question of all time for all mental health, medical? Isn't that the question? What is it about a field that would put people in a categorization and diagnosis that rather than would help them, might stigmatize them. Now that's not Jude, that's me. When we come back, I would like to talk to you more about why Jude asked that question. Why is all that necessary? He's got the answer. Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Patricia McNair, host of Divine Guidance with Patricia. And I'm here to help you live a more authentic, spiritually connected life. Join me every first and third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Being who you are in everyday life is the key to unlocking soul wisdom within that our whole self already knows. Get ready to embrace your spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being, your whole being. Discover your gifts and strengthen your connection to spirit. We will explore earth guidance, divine truth, and love, past life lessons, and so much more. So listen in to Divine Guidance with Patricia and join in your personal adventure to triggering, opening, validating, and being all that you are. For more information about me, visit divineguidance.earth. Champion your life with me, Leanne Champion. First Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com. That new gym membership might help you get fit, but what about emotional fitness? Jump into the rushing waters of personal growth. Don't waste another minute feeling unfulfilled. Visit ChampionYourLife.com and let's do this together. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Tune in to The Truth is Funny with Colette Steffen each Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show will have you thinking outside the box and riding the wave of infinite potential. Join Colette on the Higher Self Network, inspiring listeners to shine their brilliance and ensure success while roaring with laughter as they recognize the humor of the giant cosmic joke. Visit TheTruthIsFunny.com. Join Jennifer Noel Taylor on the hit show Quantum Touch Radio, supercharging your life on TransformationTalkRadio.com. 
You'll take a quantum journey as well as reveal powerful yet simple steps to create more abundance, better health, emotional and mental vibrancy and happier relationships using universal quantum touch principles. For more information, visit quantumtouch.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. Everybody, welcome back. You know, we are talking. First of all, I want to thank uh, all of our friends at Beyond Words and thank you for at least for me publishing this book by Jude, Jude Morrill. Let me just tell you who Jude is for a minute. And by the way, if you're just tuning in, it's called Loving Your Place on the Spectrum. Um, And so I'm going to be reading from the book, but I'm talking about autism and I'm talking about it, you know, bringing it forward, both uh, about what is available now in terms of information on the internet. And also the caution that I have for all of you is if you do your own research on this, here's what I recommend. You know, as a researcher, I always believe in verifying data. What does that even mean? I mean, if you get a body of data from a report and it is, and you don't look at it carefully, you may find that what you're looking at is very specific to a state in the United States or very specific to a country. So really pay attention to fine print on any of these reports. Um, But here's what Jude is. Jude is, he's an autistic entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, consultant, philanthropist, and founder of Neurodiversity Training International, the world's premier neurodiversity-led training and consulting firm. In 2001, Jude was diagnosed autistic at the age of 11. And after having been viewed as having communication and social difficulties, Jude's journey to become a proud autistic adult is is chronicled in his first book, Why Does Daddy Always Look Sad? This also follows Jude's experience of being an autistic dad to his non-autistic son, uh, Ethan. Uh, Jude graduated with honors degree in social work in 2012 and brings personal and professional experience. So just in that introduction of who Jude is, what did you learn? Uh, Myth number one, genetic. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, Myth number two, people that are autistic are not functioning. Yeah, Elon Elon Musk, just saying. Um, But that's not even a conversation. You know, I was reading from the book, and and believe me, you can get this book. It's available pretty much everywhere. But I love what Jude does. Not only is he living his life and talking about it and talking about diversity and disabilities and talking about what I've come to know about myself, different but not less than. My entire life, trust me, I've been called different. Got kicked out of Catholic boarding school. Different. Different. How many of you have been called different? Maybe you don't learn the same way. Maybe you're not going to pass the GREs or the SATs in the same way. Maybe when you see the written word on a piece of paper, you can't see the words. You see images. That's actually a diagnosis. That's a thing. 
that's how I'm learning different. But what are the other things you get in trouble for? Let's talk about a few of them. Well, you're this little kid and you have a tapping issue. What? A tapping issue. I don't know if I can demonstrate without just making all the microphones go crazy. So this is a pen. And you can't not be without the pen or a pencil. And if you're not drawing or doing something like that, you might be doing like that. Some kids growing up that do that, <laughs> what parents will do to stop children from tapping goes beyond. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if you're a parent right now, that's what you're thinking. But I want to just talk about the spectrum for a minute, because you've heard me talk about it several times. Have we learned a lot about autism? Has Jude's book just really busted some of the myths around this? Yes, it did. And yes, it does. Has his life and the legacy that he's creating and leaving behind, has that broken down the doors of stigmatization? Can we embrace the fact that maybe you or me or Benny or anybody or maybe your children or maybe your parents might be a little bit different when it comes to socialization and learning? but not less than, not less than. See, that's the message for me in this book. You know, I've been somebody that has been called different my entire life. As a matter of fact, I mean, the weirdness about me is that I've kept some of my old performance reviews. And people are like, why? I don't care about what people have rated me. I've always found what they say about me interesting. So imagine being a corporate executive or manager and all your ratings are outstanding, but somehow these, the managers get to the comment section and everything looks great. And in the comment section, right? I mean, this, this is actually a true story for me. In the comment section, wow, we think Pat is great, but honestly, we think she's from another planet. And they go on to say how that is. Now I gotta tell you back in the day of my corporate career, I used to think, wow, is this, this is not a good, now today, the fact that people may think I'm from another planet, I'm like, okay, I think that's okay. I, I, I think, I, I think people think Billie Eilish is from another planet. I just think she's highly, high, highly consciousness rated, but here's what it goes. Let's talk about this. The spectrum, the autism spectrum. You know, now we just say the spectrum. You know, we used to say Pink Floyd. Now we just say the Floyd. So now we just say the spectrum. The autism spectrum is easily one of the most, if not the most, misunderstood aspects of the entire topic of autism and neurodiversity. Thank you, Jude, for writing that sentence. The autism spectrum is generally recognized as the scale of severity like a sliding scale that goes from left to right with less severe on one end and more severe on the other end. So you, you all have that imagination, right? I mean, think about yourselves for a minute if you could. Think about a skill set you may have, right? Think about areas in that skill set where you're really great at something, 
you're over here, over here in the scale. And then there are some of you, you would never, ever apply to be on MasterChef. Never. You know that your kitchen is not your friend. It's not your wheelhouse. But just think about that. But he goes on to say, different people have different sensory preferences and needs, different levels of motor skills, different levels of logic and problem solving. Boy, is that not true. Some may have very high sensory needs, but incredibly fine motor skills. And then he goes on to say, we are all there. I love this. So remember what I said to you, different, but not less than. So here's what he says. We are all there, different, but equal. See, if anybody listening to this right here, can grasp that across the board, no matter what you're looking at in the news, in the headlines, vaccinations, non-vaccinations, people of color, not people of color. Can we all be different and equal? Boy, this is what he's saying. We're different, but we're equal. Love it. Men, women, different, but equal. That's what makes the circular image of the autism spectrum so inclusive and vibrant. Some people might disagree with this. Of course they will, Jude. As many have told me that their children had a certain level of autism when they were diagnosed. A majority of those families that were told that their ch child's level of autism <clears throat> were told of their child's level of autism were in the United States. He's got a, he's got a reason for why that is. I think that has a lot to do with the two different health systems. For example, he talks about the UK and Ireland and the United States. The UK National Health Services is free and the American system is insurance-based for profit. So this is true now, including in my field of psychology. Assigning levels as often in the United States is a method of determining what therapies will be applied to the child. And he goes on to say, I am autistic now as I was when I was born. Your child will be too. But in the U.S. medical model and others, and others determines what therapy is based on the scale of diagnosis. With the antiquated spectrum logic, I, Jude, would be seen as low on the spectrum simply because I so relate to this. I totally, and this has got to relate to Elon Musk. Low on the spectrum, simply because I have a family, I have a car, I have a house, I have a job, can stand on a stage in front of large crowds, or if you're Elon Musk, what? What do you have? SpaceX? I wasn't low on the spectrum when I seemed to be withdrawn in school because I felt they didn't fit in. See, this is the crux of the conversation that we need to have. Any of us that know what it's like to be withdrawn in school, to feel different, to be staring at a teacher who's trying to teach you and all you could see are the veins on her neck, which makes you break out into hilarious laugh. And the more she yells at you, the more those veins, and all you're fixated on the veins in her neck and you're just laughing. That will never get you to the front of the class. And so he goes on to say, I wasn't low on the spectrum when I was waiting for my son to be born. 
and I certainly will not be low on the spectrum if I lose the one I love. The autistic spectrum shouldn't be viewed, I so love this, shouldn't be viewed like an IQ scale that states that seven or below is verging on intellectual disability and 140 is genius. We cannot be defined on a linear scale. I have met people with lower IQs that function very well in society. Benny, do you, know, do you happen to know who would fit that bill? Do you happen to know one of the most revered, honored, talked about boxer in the world of boxing once had his IQ reviewed, reveal, uh, revealed to the world? Do you, Jamie or Benny, know who that is? I do not know. His, his first name starts with Muhammad. Oh, well, then there, that's easy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of gave it away there. I kind of gave it I read an article. And I, I remember, I'd have to fact check this and maybe Jamie, you can fact check it. But I read an article, oh my gosh, years ago when they were making the movie and the article actually publicized his IQ. But here we go. This is what he's saying. And he, and he goes on to say, yeah, he's met people with lower IQ that function very well in society, not just function very well, but are highly successful, highly successful in society. And those, <laughs> this is the one I love, and those with the very IQ may not function as well as would be expected. I know a few of those too. That's why it is a circle of very different, very unique individuals who just happen to not fit in the mold of normal. So I'm just asking everybody out there, anybody ever told you you're like from another planet? If they tell you that, read this book. It might be a compliment. He goes on to talk about neurodiversity, and there's many other things he talks about in the book. Um, he talks about how to look at this positivity, positively. He talks about what happens when you get a diagnosis. I found out I am an autistic adult. What happens now? You know, it's funny. There are things in life where you may be just like Jude or Elon Musk. You, may, you might be like that. And some people, I can't talk about this because Facebook is listening. But you all at Facebook, you know, like Mark. People talk about Mark. Just saying, you know that. You could fact check that, Facebook, because you're listening to this. But you know, you know, people talk. I don't know how factual it is, and it doesn't matter, because if you're reading this book, none of that matters. None of it matters. And it's fascinating when you go and read how there are other signs of things. For example, what does stuttering have to do with it? What is stuttering? As a kid, I stuttered. And one of the things Joe Biden and I have in common, certainly the color of our hair, but I dye mine. But the other thing is, we both emerge from stuttering. And even to this day, you just heard me do it on the show. I don't know if anybody picked it up, but I couldn't find the word. I just couldn't find the word I wanted to say. So what I've learned about stuttering, remember, I'm different, but I'm not less than. And what I've learned about stuttering and doing talk radio for minimally eight hours a week, every week, and some weeks over an 18-year period, I've learned about this different part of me. And a lot of times when I get lost in a word, I'll kick it back to Benny. 
And I'll say, Benny, what is that? And that will give me time. Or Jamie, what do you think about that? But Benny and I have been doing this for years because there's a point in time in my brain and in my thinking that my brain is like five points ahead and my mouth hasn't caught up and Benny gets to buy me time like he just did. But this is very little about what we know. And the message that Jude is bringing forward and that I want to bring forward, and that has been part of the legacy of the Dr. Pacho and Transformation Talk Radio, it's very clear to me. None of you are less than. I may not agree with you. You may not agree with me. We may have different views on spirituality. But what if it's like Jude said? What if we are different and equal? What if that world look like? What does that world look like? What does that world look like if somehow in the realm of things, you're my best friend, Linda, and you have watched me since 1972, tap on the desk, tap my feet enormously, not being able to keep my legs from moving. What if you find a friend like that, that just takes you for what you are? And he goes on to talk about the many life stories he's heard. I wish he were here and I hope we get him back. Autism is not something you grow out of. But many, many grow into it. And what I mean by that is one of the greatest misconceptions about the spectrum is that people just like IQ, just like Muhammad Ali. We are not defined by a number. We're not defined by a place on it. But in the United States, for sure, because in our medical system, you can't get insurance. You can't get support. You can't get what you need without a diagnosis. How do I know this? I think when you study psychology, as I have, and then you make a decision not to go down the path of clinical psychology in the state that you're in, and the reason you decide not to do that is because back in 2001, you might want to talk about spirituality. You might want to talk about things that are outside the realm of what you find in the volumes and volumes of ways that we can diagnose and talk about people. That may not be a fit, even after 10 years of going to school. You may figure, oopsie, why didn't I study geology? But the point of this and the point of the book is that we have to understand enough about each other and take the time to understand enough about each other to know that our differences are what make us human. They make us human. They bring the very best out in our humanity. And in some times you look at other people and you think the very worst. But remember, if it's not good and it's not bad, it just is. If we're different and equal, what does that realm look like? Will you be able to hopefully from the show and maybe after reading the book, will you be able to remember that phrase? Will you be able to remember different and equal? Not different, but equal, but different and equal. I grew up with a mentor that said, Pat, most of your life, 
you're, you're different. You're, you're different. You're a different kind of kid. You're different, but you're not less than. You're different. You can draw conceptual images that nobody on the planet understands at age eight, except you. How many of you have been told you're different and less than? And I want to say to you moving forward for us, for the show and for the network, that is going to be a theme that we drive home in the years to come, in the channels to come. We can all be different and we are all equal. And thanks to Jude Morrow, taking on a topic that is so needing understanding and destigmatization, it is just an honor that he got to write a book filled with stories, everybody, filled with stories. And one of the parts that I got to in the book that I'm not going to have time to talk about today is when he stops us and says, discover what you do well. Discover what you do well. Discover what you do well. And I'm going to end with this. And this is from Jude. When I identified what my strengths were, I focused much less on what society would view as my weakness. Yes, my attention span is short. <laughs> my small talk skills aren't wonderful. And I could lose track of time when I am hyper-focused. I mean, he is, if you ask Jessica and Linda, that is describing me to a T. But when I realized what I was good at and built self-confidence around that, I focused my energy on those things. In my case, I concentrated on verbal presentation, written assignments. I always found examinations difficult because I'm easily distracted. You should have seen me take my GREs. But I learned that if I just look at the paper and nothing else, I get by. If I just look at the camera and, and talk into the microphone, if you just look and focus on what you are amazing at, all of the other things people have said to you, all of the ideas of weakness, they will fade away. They will dissipate. It is your birthright to be amazing. You're amazing at the minute you're born and you take that breath. And that's what Jude leaves us with. We're going to take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> 